Hi, Sandy Mackey here, Ask the Pool Girl with... Al Curtis, Ask the Pool Guy. So today's topic is giving back and making the world a better place through paying it forward kind of gestures and relationships and things like that. So I just wanted to touch on a few of the things that we attempted to talk about in a podcast last week where we had a bantered back and forth for about an hour and a half and then we figured out we lost the sound. So by popular request, here we go again trying to recreate recreate a little bit of the magic of that night. So let's set up the the back story or the background of where we're trying to go to give give people an idea. In business, certainly what we found out versus we'll talk a little bit about the old style of how we did business versus how we do business today. And there, there's a give back part that has become so powerful for us that we call marketing, which it is marketing because marketing is just helping you tell your story but it's really just about giving back and that's both to paying customers that pay us for service but it's also giving back to those that, that help us whether it's our suppliers whether it's our auto mechanics that repair our vehicles or any of the ancillary things around us and I don't know that most people in business recognize how valuable those relationships are other than from a taking perspective because sure a supplier's job is to provide you product and they should do everything they can to gain your business and yet we what we found out is it's not necessarily that way it doesn't have to be at least no well to start this story let's kind of start at the beginning of i think when things shifted for us so we had a local pool supplier and that's it was the closest geographically to us um, that we could buy our pool supplies from. And we had been bypassing that location for a good amount of time to go to a further location. A much farther location. Where we had better relationships with the people in the office and we were having better service. Things were just quicker, they were processed better. Personality-wise, they were they were more engaging. They were more helpful. They were so we were there was probably a lot more to it. driving what an hour to an get hour one supplies way. versus about a half an hour yeah. to go to this other location. Well, as it turns out, they closed the location that we were used to going to, and they conglomerated everything all together into this other location that we had never really been a fan of. But because they were the next best choice, we started um, doing business with them. And it wasn't a smooth process. There was delays and hang-ups and nobody seemed to know us or care no if we cared. got our things. So it was kind of an ongoing challenge. Well, things started to turn around a little bit there. They got new management in, things which started, I yeah, think started, to, fix started to make a big difference. And then I remember one day specifically where it changed for me the relationship that we had with the supplier. I had called in to find out if they were going to be able to drop ship something to a customer for me that day. And when I got the girl on the phone that was helping me, it did not go well. She kind of told me it couldn't happen, there's no way it could happen. So I got in my car to drive to the supplier. Well when I got there, I found out that yeah, they had figured out a way to work it out and then I was able to leave knowing that I had my um, situation handled. But I got in the car and I was so distraught over this relationship this that we had with our supplier or lack of a relationship that it just made me feel sad. And I thought if these are the people that we've got to do business with and we continually need to use them as our supplier, we have to do something to fix this. And I think I was even on the phone with you, and I said, I never want to have to leave this place Feel feeling this like mm -hmm. this again, so we're going to do something about it. And that was the point where that shifted for us, and we decided that if we weren't getting the service that we wanted, just with our status quo relationship, we were going to go out of our way to be noticed. Go the extra mile to do everything. In a good way. So I think the very first thing that I did to start like softening them up in the office and maybe get to know them a little better was bring them cookies one day. 
and it was received really well and I think that just started this whole pattern of when we could think of something fun and quirky to do to kind of reach out to them to tell them that we appreciated them then we did that and it didn't take long I think at all before we got to know everybody in that branch a little bit better and people would smile a little bit more when we came around to the point now that I would say we have an outstanding stellar relationship with the supplier and this spring Al had even had an idea that we did a little something with them as another way of saying thank you. Well you know we had done all of that we had done the all of the typical things that aren't so typical but typical for us but I was I was thinking as you were talking there I was being them when you were describing what that organization was like and I was thinking how the people at the top of the organization within that branch not having stellar skills or whatever it was just trickled down to these people that just had jobs and they collected paychecks and they really had no reason to care. They didn't have leadership that would say, we need to learn to care about all of these people because they do business with us. Instead, I, I can't even imagine what was going on in there, but I was for a moment being each of those people. And it was about getting paid to do work. Not to build relationships, not to really help anyone, but to do the work that they were being paid to do. And recognizing that, that as management changed, and as a new, more outgoing man, you know, upper management to be able to soften some of that to help give soft skills to the people in place started to change that. But I know for us, when we changed, they changed, at least for us. Because mm -hmm. by caring enough and being empathetic toward them and caring enough about them, it gave them a reason to care about us. It was no longer just a job. Now, it was, we, they had a reason to care about us. Not just do business with us, but care about us. And I think that was that was kind of a really key point at that point in time. But then as time goes on, what can we do? What are some of the other things that we could do beyond the typical bring them lunch or bring them stuff? So why don't you share some of the other things then that we've done? Well, one of the things that they had done for us, which this is the more typical kind of vendor-customer relationship, especially in the pool industry, you kind of with the good old boys mentality. It's probably most industries. Think that the vendors are supposed to wine and dine you. Well, they had a vendor event, like a um, vendor show, and they had invited us to a dinner and all that kind of stuff. So we were talking at the event, and we were talking about having events, and we happened to know a mind reader, a hypnotist mind reader who does corporate events and motivational well programs. Known, has he's done some yeah, television he's, programs. He's a pretty big deal. He's a pretty big deal. So yeah. throughout the conversation that night, we were talking with one of our friends from the branch, and I just happened to bring up that we know this hypnotist guy, and we just brainstormed we should do an event for our branch and have them come in and, and do a little program. So it just so happened that we were doing a winter project, rehabbing a condo, which had this really cool entertaining area. So we ended up throwing a party inviting our mentalist, hypnotist, mind reader friend who came out and did a program and we invited the supplier. We invited also some of our past a few of our pool past clients clients. and a couple of our upcoming pool clients as well as our marketing group that you guys hear us talk about quite a bit. So we had this really well attended party that was just a very cool thank you kind of a program for right. people in our life. And it was something for them to just come and enjoy where there was no work for them. See, the, the other way around, when they're throwing the event, they have to do the work to prepare to make sure that it's good for us. Mm -hmm. And for that moment, they could just show up with their spouse, those that brought spouses or girlfriends or boyfriends or whatever, and, and they just showed up and we're just able to sit and drink and, and you know have some food. We had live music playing before before the hypnotist came out. And it was just a, a time for them to be together, not at work, yeah. and then not have to orchestrate any of it. And that's really powerful. There's a little work for us that took a little bit, but was it really? Not really, in the whole scheme of things. Here's this magical night of time we spent together, just 
by doing what we do. It was very, very cool. Absolutely. So I think it was it was special for them, and then it also ended up being special for the additional people that we invited, because we did invite a handful of our favorite past pool clients, and some of our absolute favorites showed up, and then I got to meet at that event as well some of our new the clients new, coming new client. up, mm -hmm. and it was a really cool dynamic to have some of our new customers with our old customers and like getting to know each other and kind of talking about the process, and then for I think everybody to see us then interacting with our vendor because I kn I know that's one of the things um, that Mark, one of our new customers that had come that night, had said it was just out of the ordinary to see a company like us like showering kind of love on one of our vendors and I think that was kind of an outside the norm be a, yeah, sort a, of experience. It's got to be so a sort of break your paradigm kind of moment cool of thing. what is this company all about? What are they doing? Yeah. And I, I think there's other shining moments that happened that night of you know an old customer of ours coming through saying we had to come just because we needed to see you guys. Just because we miss you and we want to see you. Yeah. And to hear have a new customer hear that is amazing because that's unsolicited you know they're taking time out of their day or evening to come to one of our events because they miss us yeah. you know where does that happen in construction where does that happen what pool company have you heard of that that there's this missing thing you know this people missing and feeling a certain way because when we can't be there all the time all of a sudden there's this this sense of loss so that was kind of another one of those neat moments and then just just the overall interaction, you know, got to meet our sphere of influence, the people we hang with, our marketing group, and, you know, some of our employees were there, and, and family members, and all of that, and it's just kind of a, a neat dynamic, things that we couldn't have imagined would happen, happened. And it was just, it was a laid-back, fun, filled evening of whatever, but we could all take that with us as, well, that was really cool. Yeah. And I think the more... That's what marketing really is. Wow, wasn't that really cool? Wow, isn't that company really cool? That's really That's what marketing point. is. Yeah. And I think the more that we've done things like this, it continually pushes us to set the bar a little higher each time that we come up with kind of a fun idea or something that we can do. I know one of the things that we do as well is we throw a Christmas party at our office, which our office is an eclectic mix of really cool stuff, stuff and people and I know that one of our friends who comes to the Christmas party said that he doesn't in general enjoy Christmas parties but he always makes sure he comes to ours because I guess it's a little different than others where they're kind of stodgy and formal and you're uncomfortable when you come to ours whether you are one of our business associates if you're a vendor if you're one of our customers a friend, if you're a friend like there's always something to do there's always someone to talk with and there's always kind of this sense of interactive um just kind of fun that's going on and that's what we really enjoy there's that and there's also there's a, a spirit of giving because a part of our party as well as we're showing appreciation to everyone else and we want to shower them with stuff. Not that stuff buys friends, but stuff makes people feel good. Yeah. Especially around the holiday, if you get a $25 gas card or a, you know, a card to Subway or whatever it is that you get, that just makes you feel good because it's a tough time. People with money and you know, there's always struggles and there's good times, bad times. The holidays bring all kinds of stuff out of people. Yeah. Both great emotions and really poor emotions. And by just being able to come here and just enjoy the atmosphere and just hang out with cool people and then we're always going to play some type of game that people can win some stuff. You know, again, what does that cost us in the whole scheme of things? Nothing. Other than the concentrated effort to do it and pull it off. Yeah. And yeah, people got to do here and here and here and get it done, but to pull that off is remarkable. It absolutely is. So a couple of the other ways that we... Can I say something right there before you sure. keep going? Thank you. We no, don't have a. You can't. You're done. We don't have an ROI. It's not like we have a profit loss statement that says, "Okay, we spent this much money on this party for these people. What do we get?" No. Because our marketing never has been that way. It's never been, "How can we spend X number of dollars and see what the return on and investment is?" And sell X amount of pool stuff. Yes. Yeah. It's never been that way. And these parties are the same thing. 
We just know that the act of giving, the act of doing things that make people feel good, nets us business. It, it's much like all the time when we give away sweatshirts and you know we give away stuff. That when that little old lady comes by and you give her a coffee mug with an Ask the Pool Guy logo on it, we never expect that little old lady to buy something from us. But it's that act of giving right here that brings it in from everywhere else. And I, I really feel sad for people who have to look for a direct return on, if I give you something, what am I going to get back? Mm -hmm. You know, if we give that teenage kid a t-shirt because they think our logo is awesome, do we really think they're going to give us something back? Yeah. Or talk to the right person? No. But the, the act of that doing just creates abundance for us. It's in the spirit of good vibes out there. It and is. I think that's something that we tend to thrive on. And you've probably heard us talk a little bit about Dr. Tom Hill. And one of the life lessons that he imparts when he speaks is collecting a nice um, kind of database of people that you know, a network. a network, you know, creating a network and fostering relationships within that network. And one of the things that he says is the secret to that networking being so strong is you never ask them for anything. You like shower people with gifts, you think of them, and he doesn't necessarily put in, in those terms, and a gift can just be, I was thinking I of you, and yeah. you know, I saw something and I'm sending you a note because I thought of you. So it doesn't have to be stuff. like stuff, no, right. but it can just be shower people with kind of goodwill, good vibes, good energy, and then don't ask, don't create those relationships. Expecting I think something in the result. way a lot of the industry creates those relationships, like a lot of pool guys, I've heard, well, I'm going to see who gives me the better deal, or I'm going to see who has a better trip, or I'm going to, you know, instead of based on the merits of the product or mm -hmm. what they accomplish, they're kind of in this game what, of what can I who, get can, from who this can rub my back, you know, the best, or who can take care of me the best, and we don't approach things that way. And I think one of the stories that I wanted to share that really kind of illustrates how this is kind of realized in our life, all we expect from people that we do business with is great customer service. And in order for them to provide us with great customer service when maybe it isn't so great, we try to be better customers. I try to anticipate when I'm calling in because all of our stuff is completely randomly odd, custom one of a kind. I try to be as prepared as possible to kind of ask the questions that I need answered and have all the information ready to kind of get the transaction process. And here's me doing all this work as a customer. But what I want is that company when they take my call to be happy to be able to help me versus dreading, you know, this Here's transaction. Again. Yeah. Well, one of our suppliers that you've done business with for a oh, long, long time, 29, 30 years yeah. almost, yeah. Um, is CAFCO. CAFCO still manufactures our liners. We also buy the True Tile system from Latham, which is now yeah. the owner of CAFCO. And the pool steel and, and lots of stuff. Pool steel. So we've noticed over time, I know Al's done business with them since he used to drive across the border into Canada to get Good what stuff. he needed. Um, because the company has gone through, like he found CAFCO and then they were bought by another company and kind of partnered with another company and so they many bought, iterations yeah. later they're kind of one piece of this larger company where sometimes it's hard to get that um, get that same relationship going that, that same with someone that's a little more corporate. Sure. So a couple of the things that we've done with CAFCO are we do our books for our customers. And Al had said a couple of years ago, you know what, I would really like to send CAFCO one of our books or a series of our books that really highlights them in some way. So what we did was we put together a special edition of our pool portfolio with photos of our projects. And on the cover we had inscribed, you know, Legendary Escapes Pools powered by CAFCO. And we didn't know anybody in the company beyond the our yeah, beyond sales our reps. Like we knew the sales rep, we knew the guy who helps us, our designer, um, and we knew a couple of the people in customer service, but we really didn't know the, who else no. you know, in the company is, is worth sending these to. So what I had done is gone on LinkedIn, and I looked up the company and I tried to find key players in both the Kafka organization and in the Latham organization. We had six of these special books printed up and I sent them on their way. Well, as it turns out, 
I eventually got a note back, a thank you note, from the president of Latham, so the head honcho of the whole company, um, who said thanks for sending the book, and then I also got a um, call from the guy in marketing who I think most of the books ended up on his desk because, you know, whoever got them, then they forwarded them to him because that was more of his department. So that was really kind of cool, and that opened up the line of communication between us and the corporate, the corporate yeah. element in the company. So fast forward that a little bit, and we were at one of the pool shows, which we go to the pool shows, and Al can tell you the kind of his story of the pool shows, but I've gone to the pool shows for the relationships and to kind of meet and greet the vendors versus looking for something to be sold or going just for that new product. I've kind of gone for the relationships. Turns out at one of the shows before I had met, Mark, the CEO of Latham, I happened to see him in his booth and he was wearing his name tag, which is how I knew who he was. So I went up and I introduced myself, I reminded him that I'm the one who sent you the book. Al um, came along at that point and we got to have a great conversation with him. And that was a really cool feeling as well because here we are, this kind of, I mean, we're a little pool builder. Boutique we do company, special yeah. stuff yeah. and we're pretty boutique. But in terms of the scale of our company, we're kind of small. Mm -hmm. And we're not necessarily going to get noticed mm -hmm. by corporate entities. And just those few little steps, we're able to create this conversation with this company to the point where at the next show, we were invited to the vendor event um, with CAFCO and we go to dinner where there's, I don't know, 150 people all having dinner together. And we ended up having a couple hour long conversation with Mark who then came and sat with us at that event. So it was a pretty cool way of creating this ongoing relationship. Well, in, so. be in between those two events though, we had a couple months went by and we'd seen him at another show in Canada. Oh yeah. And he stopped us in the aisle because right. he then recognized us yeah. and wanted to rebuild that conversation again. Yeah. So it, it, it happens that my story with shows is very different, but that's the net result is, is there to build relationships. And I very early on, when I took over the company many, many years ago, I would go to the shows expecting to get something. Like I'm gonna see a new product that, that's gonna change the way, I revolutionize the way I do business. And every single year I went home kind of disappointed because it was, well, it's not going to revolutionize. I saw this really cool thing here. Wow, I'd like to try that there. But it, there wasn't like that wow moment of, wow, the industry is changing in such a way that I can be on the lead of it. And I was always kind of disappointed, but I went because I'm a seeker. I'm a seeker of knowledge and wanting to be to grow and stay ahead of things and try to be on the front end, cutting edge as much as possible. But I did everything I could to not go for relationships. I would I would stop and say hi to the few people that I might have known that I've done some, you know, they've helped me out along the way, but I very much didn't spend that time in such a way with a certain way about me that was to enhance what was happening. To me, it was almost, well, I do business with you and you sell stuff for me, so you should have a relationship with me. That was kind of my thought. like. Well, of course you're gonna have relationships. I buy, I buy tons of stuff from you. And so I never took that time. And I think when that shift finally happened and recognized the shows are all about relationships. It's all about how can we interact with the influential people in the industry to start affecting the change that we wanna see in the industry. The best way to do it isn't to stand on the, on the you know, mountaintop and scream to nobody, instead it's get amongst the people and start opening conversations and start being different and start talking in a different way with a different tone and with a different attitude and be the thing that you're talking, the, be the change that you want to see in the world. And for me, as we found out, is that's where the change happens. Now we've done all this internet stuff and tons of videos and we have all that influence of swirl that's happening but really, until you're face-to-face -face with people, that's where the influence really happens. That's where the change can happen. We can create a revolution online, but we have to do the work in person. And I think that's where shows have changed totally for me. And now it's about who can I 
see and build relationships with versus what can I find at the show because again I don't have to be disappointed anymore because there's very few times where I'm wowed by a product that happens every once in a while that's really cool but that's not the reason to do it yeah well one of the other stories that I have about CAFCO is from just this last week so we're working on one of our really special projects and they all are really special. They all are. Yes, this whichever one's really, this whichever one's really, we're really working on is really special, but this one is absolutely terrific. And it was coming time for the liner to be going in. So we had ordered the liner, and I called the supplier and find out when it was going to be shipping. And I asked on the phone when they thought they were going to ship it. It was coming out of Canada. Well, as it turns out, it wasn't supposed to ship until yesterday, which was Monday of like the following week. And I had asked customer service, is there anything we can do to speed it up, you know, any way to push this forward for this really cool customer? And they said, you don't hold your breath, basically. It will be what it is. And I sent a text message then to our rep, who, again, we don't have a super long relationship with because CAFCO, again, changed, changed some things and, and recalibrated their territory. So the rep that we have, we're not quite used to. Uh, but we have a good enough relationship. So I sent him a text message and I said, you know, we don't normally ask for favors, but if ever there was a customer that I'd like to ask a favor for, it's this one. And granted, it was only pushing things up by a, a few, few days. days you know, I said, it's scheduled to ship next Monday. Is there anything you can do? We'd love to get it sooner, you know, and love to get it in for this customer. And by the way, like last time we got a liner and you guys had to remake it because there happened to be a little glitch in manufacturing. Not on our end, yep. You know, we, we ran with it, we didn't complain, we didn't get too upset, you know, we just accepted things were the way that they were. And you know, maybe just as a bonus, you could push this one through. So I got a text back from him the next day basically saying the liner was shipping that day. We had it on Friday morning and we had water in the pool on Saturday. So it was just a one of those small victories and one of those ways where, you know, we don't normally ask, but sometimes if we can ask for just that little boost or that little thing, turns out it was absolutely spectacular because this particular homeowner, um, one of them was going to be gone for this week. So had it come in any later, she would not have been a part of the like shock and awe of water going in the pool. And there's a whole nother story to like how she wasn't expecting it to be that soon. And it just ended up being kind of a feel good. Yeah. And that's, I think the purpose for me interacting and gifting and kind of working with people is because when we need something, I would like there to be an opportunity for that great customer service to be there. And I think that was an example of one time where it really came through. This is a great point to jump in and talk about kind of our way toward our suppliers. We're not a company that beats people up over price and we don't price shop and jump from company to company because they're going to give us a better deal or they're going to whatever. We hold very true to, we will pay a fair price. Whatever is deemed fair versus beat you up so that you, we can save three nickels, mm -hmm. we will pay a fair price for everything because we're going to charge a fair price. And instead of how can we squeeze a little bit more out of it by beating up a supplier for anything, instead it's how can we share with them, how can we be nice to them, how can we give them more so that they provide the customer service and that's an example there of you know we've never ran after them going you charge us too much for all of this stuff and you no. and, and and that's kind of a way in our industry is guys love to go in and look at the pricing i got from this guy and are you going to match it and they they get this angst thing and here we are going here's a gift hey here's lunch hey here's something and do we get the best pricing no probably no. not i mean we're giving them the door wide open to charge us a premium price. But if we focus on that, we miss the rest of it. When we're that narrow focused, we miss everything else. So instead, we've just found, and it's certainly worked for us in everything we've done, that if we, that if we just be a really good customer, just like we expect our customers to be really good customers. Yeah. So we need to be the really good customer when it comes to when it comes to you know the supplier mm -hmm. and by being that really good customer they always do take care of us and then there's that rare occasion where we ask for favors and it's easy for them to want to help when we haven't asked every single week for something special yeah instead we're very patient and we do everything that we can on our end to make it easy for them because 
we want it to be easy for us. And if it takes a little more on our end to make it easy for them, it's still a win for us because there's, there's none of that anxiousness. Mm -hmm. Well, in recent times, we've gone a little crazy with our buying people lunch or bringing gifts out to the point where we have now, um, at first I think we did it just for an experiment. There was um, our car repair facility. Ever since I went there the very first time, which was probably many, oh, many nine, years ten ago. years yeah. ago, I think I had a nail in my tire and they helped me. And I left there and I remember feeling like I need to bring them cookies. Like they were just so nice. Long, long I don't think they charged me for whatever it is they did. I ended up bringing my car there again. And again, I felt like, you know, I feel like I need to bring them cookies. Well, I finally did one day bring them cookies. And it was kind of a fun thing. And every once in a while now we'll bring in lunch or we'll bring in gifts. Um, we've done that with Left the Left them some money to buy lunch for all the guys. Yeah. We've done that kind of stuff. We, um, we've also done that with our plumbing supplier we've done it with the concrete company ready mix company um and then last week or a couple of weeks ago katie in the office had put together gift bags for some of our special customers um people that we're currently building for that we've done recent renovation for and then we did a lot of our kind of regular service, service customers, customers that we really enjoy as well um like a gift mug with some candy in it and a, a flower and things like that so she went out and hand delivered these to people which was also a really good experience in creating stronger relationships with our customers because katie is in the office she's the one who talks to them on the phone most of the time and she hadn't been out to a lot of the pools she hadn't met a lot of the people so that was also just a really cool thing that we did and then we had some um extras or we had you know prepared enough that we could even bring some out to a few of our suppliers and then you guys had the concrete truck out one day and the guy driving happened to mention that he'd love a sweatshirt so Al sent a sweatshirt over to him as well as gifts for everybody in the office and we hear about that and I think so few people do it so few contractors take the time to do that with their suppliers mm -hmm. we hear about it over and over and over again well I showed up then several days later to the concrete company at, at 730 in the morning I needed to pick up some foam for another project and they're the only ones that have it in the area they weren't servicing us because the pool is in a different place but I was getting some material from them and one of the drivers, who I just sort of barely know because there's a whole bunch of drivers, says, oh man, thanks for the, thanks for the mug of candy. I'm still nursing it along. I, I just try to eat a few a day or whatever. And just sort of out of the blue, he just blurted that out because five or six days before, however many days before, you know, Katie had shown up with a package for the one particular driver and or three days, for whatever it was, and then you know, a bunch of gifts for anyone that was there. Yeah. And again, that doesn't happen in that world. They're probably blown away. And that's a the whole concrete company that they probably have never been given stuff. Maybe. And all of a sudden here we are just because I'm not asking him for a better price. I've never once said, Hey, can you cut me a better deal ever? I've always even, and, and he's a good example of just our certain way is he, you know, will, will make a, a comment about, yeah, other, I, 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 the owner of the company is, you know, these other concrete companies are trying to cut, you know, everyone's trying to beat them up for price and all of that. And I've always said, Johnny, charge me a fair price. I'm not asking you for anything for free. If you need to charge me for overtime because it took too long, I'm not going to cry and complain and stomp my feet and go somewhere else. I'm asking you for service. I'm asking you and and quite frankly we don't always get the best service either there because concrete companies get crazy busy and, and the weather changes and all of a sudden everyone cancels and then the weather's good and everyone wants it at the same time and there's all this anxiousness around it so I have to understand that but that doesn't have to stop me from being kind being courteous being whatever and saying I'm willing to pay a fair price I'm willing to pay you what because I want to be fair with my customer and I want to provide the best I can provide I would like you to do it for me mm -hmm. and that relationship just works and then we show up with stuff which they don't get stuff from anybody and all of a sudden it's put us on this whole new level that he'll tell people about how we're changing the world by doesn't just being who we much. are doesn't yeah. take much to change yeah. the world for sure well on that note of paying a fair price and charging a good price. 
I know we often in the office get requests for people um, who want us to do liner replacements and safety covers and things like that. And we are always going to be on the higher end of things. And if we're not, I, there's a problem. So if I'm ever the lowest bid, I need to know that because we need to adjust something. But we charge healthy prices for what we do. And one of the reasons that we do that is because when we do, we're in a much more comfortable place to be able to give back and go the extra mile for our customers. So an example of that is we had a customer order a safety cover um, probably two seasons ago. So we put the cover on his pool, they took it off, it was stored for the summer. When we went to put it back on the next winter, there was a couple holes in it. And the customer didn't know what this was and they were kind of worried it was going to unravel more. And we know with the safety covers that there's a good warranty on the covers. But if it's something that's not caused by warranty or caused that, stitching, um, it's not, that yep. you know isn't a seam failure, if it's like rodents or insects or animals or something falls on the cover, then no, there's going to be a fee to replace that. But in this case, our service guy went out there and we were going to patch the holes. We didn't do anything on it in the winter because it would have been too spring. hard. Mm -hmm. So we waited until spring when he took the cover off and I had instructed him to look at these and then try to patch it, see if that would blend it in. And he reported back to the office that he did put the patches on, but the spots he felt weren't necessarily a failure of the cover, but they weren't anything the customer had done either. So we're not quite sure what caused them. There's a couple of issues. In insects or rodents probably. There were Something a had happened. Yeah. And so it wasn't our fault. It wasn't necessarily the homeowner's fault. And it wasn't, it wasn't the, manufacturer's, the fault. manufacturer's fault. And because we charge healthy prices, we're able to just take care of no questions asked what's going on with certain things so it felt really good for me to be able to let the customer know leave the cover out we're going to ship it back in we're going to have it fixed our cost we didn't ask the manufacturer to give us a break on it we just we sent it in knowing it wasn't a warranty thing and that we were going to take care of it so that's the reason i think it's a reason why we charge what we do, but even more importantly, if anybody else is in the same position, kind of wondering, well, I think I should get more, but I'm not quite sure how to justify it, it's really hard to explain that to people. And I'll even get phone calls from customers, and they'll say, wow, I called around with quotes, and you guys are more expensive. Well, we've been doing this a really long time. We're really good at what we do, and we take care of our customers as much as we possibly can. So that's what, the reason. I think a lot of what's happened with us in recognizing that we're going to charge more is it's our way to make sure that extra money isn't, ooh, how could we line our pockets more? And I think that's probably the disconnect between the guy going, how can I justify more for what I do? True. Is, is if it's, I want to charge more so that I could just fill my pockets more with money, there's granted this is about making money and all that. I understand that argument but if it's I want to charge more just so I make more money there's kind of a disconnect there and that's a really hard justification to a customer that comes to you and says I have two quotes for the same thing and why would I choose you for more money well I want to more I want to put more money in my pocket that's not a good argument no. but what we know is we're gonna charge more for that because we're gonna give back more just by virtue of who we are, when we have money to do things with, we do things with it. We don't, it's not how can we make more money, it's how can we give more with the money that we get. And what's made that so easy, and I'll contrast us versus X company, that if you're charging just enough margin just to get by, just to make a living at it, at the end of the day, the money's all gone, and no marketing's been done. Because you charge just enough to pay everybody and just enough to squeak by to make your mortgage payment and your whatever, there's no money left. How do you really get people to feel good about you and how do you whatever? On the flip side, being able to charge more for it and justify charging more for it is now we have after we get our mortgage paid and after we get all our basic expenses paid, there's this kitty of money left that allows us to do things for people. And the amazing thing is, the more we take that money and do it for people, the more money is in there to do it for people again. 
Yeah. Now, if you have no money in there to try to do something, you can't do anything, and the next month, you got no more money to do the same thing. But what we found out was if we justified our charge, because it's only in, in our minds. Charging more has got nothing to do with the customer. It's got to do with how we value ourselves. But we certainly know that if we charge more and we become premium, that gave us way more money to put back into what I call marketing, meaning give back, because that's really what it is. It's a way that we tell our story through gifts. Mm -hmm. But the net result is the next time we go to do it, there's more money to give back in gifts, which then creates more money to give back in gifts. Well, and I, you're saying gifts, but I also wanted to kind of bring this around at the construction side because we're about to embark on a project for some new people. And I remember one of the questions that he had asked was, wow, like looking at the price of your pool, like your base pool price is just way more expensive than the next guy. Like explain to me, he was kind of asking, mm -hmm. like what's the difference? And you had a great answer. It's hard to quantify the art that we put into people's mm -hmm. yards. But then on the same token, when we do charge that premium price, we're able to give add-ons that another company would do change orders and nickel and dime, but if somebody wants their sun shelf to be a little bigger, we can do we that. make it bigger. If there's an opportunity to go crazy on a waterfall and add a fire bowl when somebody didn't expect it, most companies would line item and they would of have course, to charge more for gas. Of course, because there's tons of expenses involved, and if you look at you look at those dollar items and things, then it stops making sense for the bottom line. But if you don't have to focus on the bottom line yeah. because you're you're doing it for the right reason to do it, the net result is it doesn't hurt at all. It's exciting to go, wow, we're gonna yeah. do secret this, secret that, what yeah. we're gonna do. And that was trying to explain to that guy when he was asking about, about this project was, you're buying the art part. And the art part can cost anything. We don't know. We don't know from day one to the next exactly what's going right there until the universe just sort of unfolds it in front of us and there's this great opportunity to get this thing. Or find this thing over here, or walk through a flea market and find this awesome this thing or that thing or whatever. We don't know what that's gonna cost. And there's no way of quantifying my, my artistic budget is gonna be exactly this. No, no idea. There's times where we would blow past 10 times past that, and then there's other times where we'd be 10 times under it because the universe delivered this cool, amazing thing that we never expected we would have for no money, or find for free, or you know, take down a barn and then use the barn wood that all it cost me was the labor to build this really cool wall fence that cost me the same as, as a regular steel fence would, but it's a thousand times nicer. Yeah. No, I could nickel and dime and go, well, technically I could get $1.73 per linear foot of board, which multiply that by $10 million and, and it would be an extra you know, $20,000 for a fence. Or I could say, here's a win. Here's a case where it didn't cost me anything, but it gave $20,000 worth of value to the customer, knowing that if I did it for him, the next time something else is going to happen. And maybe, maybe the next time I'm going to spend 10 times as much to get that same effect, but then the next time... I won't spend anything and get that same effect and it all washes out. Yeah. And instead of looking at dollars and money and wow, this everything's so expensive and whatever, no, it's it's sort of you just going with that feeling and you're allowing that to flow over you. And the net result is is there's a fluidity in the project. Mm -hmm. And that's why it's hard to explain when a customer wants to know those types of things. It's hard to explain. So what stone is gonna be here? Don't know yet. We might even start with stone and put something else in there too, and then something else, and it, and, and it looks cool, but we would have never been able to put on paper, well, we're gonna have three boxes of this, and two boxes of this, and four boxes of this, and this much copper pipe, and, and this much of that, and, and how much concrete, we have no idea. It's it's when you get into that zone of just the doing and the creating, and that, that goes to the customer relationship part, which then leads to the long-term customer relation, because we're in it forever. We're not in it for a job and walk away. We're in it to, to have a lifetime with these people, to all grow old together, in a sense. That, that We want our company to mature as they and their families mature. We want all of that to be a lifetime. It's not a transactional thing. And that's, which is a quick story on trans, transactional things, was I bought the company 20 some years ago. I'd worked for the previous owner. 
he had to get out. He had some medical issues and he had to get out of the business. And a few years after getting out of the business, my brother Rick ran into him and wanted to talk something about pools. And he said, I don't do that anymore. It was a transactional thing when I did it. I don't want to talk about it. I thought, what a, what a disappointment to think that he ran a pool company for 20 years, 25 years probably, and he got out of it and put it on the shelf like it was nothing. Versus me going, I want to be in these people's lives forever and I want to grow old together and I want to see their kids grow and have kids and I, you know, it, it, to me it's it's more connecting to the, the essence of all of it. And I think that's what marketing is. I keep using the term marketing because it's just how do we tell our story? I tell my story through the kind of the, the craft and the eye, bird's eye view of my life. And that's what people get when they purchase us, is that bird's eye view of my life and how I view things and how I help put things together. And I don't do all the work. I certainly have some amazing artisans that, that help create it, but I really have to massage it to get it there. Well, it's really, it's still my creative. It. It's yeah. still my creativity. Now they take a lot of creative uh, freedom, which is amazing, but to get it to that point, I still have to, I have to keep that ship steering in a certain way. Yeah. Well, on the thought of customer relationships as well, we had a marketing club meeting tonight, and while we were talking with them, we were talking about kind of this yummy um, roller coaster that people go on when they do a project with us, and it's kind of up and down and like anticipation and super excited, and they said, what happens when you're done? And that is one of those things, because we're so fun, and we've heard customer after customer lately say, you know, you've changed my view on contractor relationships because I've never had one like this, and I don't expect to find it because it's kind of a rarity. I said in the meeting, yeah, it's a little rough when we kind of have to, like, wean people off off Mm -hmm. of this us being in the yard every day and I know um, this past weekend Wendy said it really well when the liner went in her pool and she was super happy and ecstatic and then we were doing a little video to kind of capture how she was feeling and she said you know what I'm glad you're not done yet though because I'm not ready for it to be over and I think that is how we could hope that every customer ever feels about working with us is encapsulated well, in that. It, it, it reminds me, and, and it, it's bittersweet, but it reminds me of a story of a few years ago when we were wrapping up a project and they had been just thrilled with every moment we were there. And they came, they told me the story the next day. They came home and our trailer was gone. And they were just devastated that, uh-oh, you know, because we had that, we had a, a big three-axle flat trailer that we had just been kept storing stuff on, and it was sort of the catch-all of the stuff that we weren't going to use anymore, and and it was gone. And they were just saddened because it wasn't there. Mm-hmm. And that was a key moment for me when I recognized that there's a distinct difference between finally that frickin' trailer is gone and they're out of our lives to what are we going to do? You know, our, our lives are now changed. And, you know, g- digging deeper into kind of who we are as people, we intend to fundamentally change people. Yeah. I mean, that that's part of, because we're always changing, because we are growing as people constantly, or certainly trying. We kind of expect that out of people as, w- as well, that, that through us, we hope that they change for the better, for sure, not the worse. But the intention going in is we want to change things about other people because we want to change. And the net result is our, our lives are just a mirror of who we are. And we know we're changing all the time, so our mirror is changing as well. And that's, you know, how many times has that happened now where people have just been sad that we're going and they're sad that we're done? And that's just not construction. Yeah, well, it is. It, in but our but it it is in our world. world. We live in this really happy bubble place. You do. Where you just you just don't know, and I think that's why looking at the the vendor end of it and the customer end of it is treated just the same. 
and yet the hierarchy never would be treated that way. I think that we sit in a position to bridge all of that. And the more that we can help all of them be better people, and, and be better, by, by being better people, I don't mean old or change the person, but if, if we make them feel better, if we make them happy for a moment, or make them content for a moment, or make them, they're better people as, as yeah. a net result. Yeah. By doing that little bit of, I helped you feel good, or feel whatever positive emotion, that changes the world. Yeah. And it doesn't take that much. Now granted, we give everything. You know, that's there's an awful lot of companies that are out there just to make money, and the owner wants to go home at the end of the day knowing that he crushed it and he, and he sucked as much money out of people as he could. And, and that's, that's a style of business. That's just not us. That's the competitive world. We're very much in the creative world. But being in the creative world allows us just to find yumminess in everything and keep our eyes open and, and help. I mean, look at the culture of our company and all the people in it. And we're a small firm. We're not, and, and there's no intent in being large. But it's how can we just be cool yummy, fun, engaged, pushing ourselves to be better, because that's a big part of it for me, is we could have many years ago jumped on a, on a, a train, run down the tracks for the rest of our career doing the same thing over and over. We turn hundreds of those phone calls away a year. Uh, I mean, we could do unbelievable amounts of dollars of business. That's not what it's about. you know. And, and for me, it's pushing me, because when I stop pushing me is the day I die. Because when I start sliding backwards, now granted, age is coming on and I'm having to do things in different ways and I, I certainly can't do what I do what I did 20 years ago physically. I can do an awful lot of it. It's harder. There's nothing that I can't do, but it's not as easy to do as what it would have been 20 years ago. So I recognize there's bits of limitations there and yet there isn't because there's just a new creative way of doing it. And if I can continue to push myself to be more creative in, more, in different ways, that just helps me be a better person, which ho I, I hope enriches the story even more, which is what this is all about, is just telling a story of our lives. And that's what our company, I think, is, is just telling a really good story to both the vendor end of the spectrum and the customer end of the spectrum, and each other, and our peers. Mm -hmm. Because we, 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 tell, we tell this story to others in the industry that are at the same level selling things like we're selling things. And I think it's important because it doesn't exist very much. Yeah. Well, on that note, I would say I that that's um, a wrap for today. I would say that's a wrap. That's awesome. Thanks for watching. Until next time. Wendy, we appreciate you. Wendy.